Okay. Um, I'm recording. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta. Yeah, I gotta make sure that I got the record going. I goofy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sometimes uh, today's date is is um, July nineteenth, twenty twenty. Okay. So we're gonna do something a little different. Um, and here's here's why. We got an email, a beautiful email from a gentleman. And I believe his name is pronounced Graeme. 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 Okay. He's from New Zealand. I think in uh, here in the United States we might say Graham, but I think it's it's Graeme, like frame. Graeme, a pile. And he's from New Zealand. He sent us a beautiful uh, word of encouragement. Yes. And we emailed him back, and um, we asked about his testimony and where he's from and stuff. And it was a beautiful blessing. And he had a request at the end, and he said. And I think that's great, by the way. Yes. I really appreciate that. We both do. Is request, yes, that, hey, we'd like to hear you, you know, <clears throat> say this and that and give us a direction that might help somebody. I think mm-hmm. that's wonderful. And what, what he requested. Yeah. Uh, and the topic that he said he would like us to talk about was the gospel according to the Kapows. The gospel according to Kapows. And here's a reason. He says, not the little quick quote, see someone on the street, track gospel, end of quote. Mm -hmm. But he many-faceted the layers of the gospel. Um, And the reason why he asked that is over the years listening to us, he he would like to hear us explain our perspective on a lot of things um, that we stand stand for and stance and things like that. So uh, we talked about it. We said, you know, that's, that's, that's really a good idea. And but let me say this, the gospel of the Kapows is no gospel at all. We don't have a gospel. What we, we preach is the gospel according to the word of God. Mm-hmm. That's in the word of God. Um, and so we got to think about that. And it's like, well, it's, it doesn't matter what our opinion is or what we think about something. It's like, what does the word of God say about anything? Right. And so we, we begin to think about how do we present the gospel in its simplest forms? And so we thought, well, we'll, we'll do the gospel according to the, to the Bible. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, it's just... Where still, do we start? Where do we start? Romans 8. Let's go the Romans road. But then we get back to what Graham was talking about, mm-hmm. that track gospel. You know, here, there's the Romans road. Uh, let's do the gospel according to you know, the Apostle Paul. Well, now you're starting, okay, doctrines of grace, mm-hmm. justification. Glorification, <clears throat> sanctification. Preservation of the saints. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, five points of Calvinism, five points of Armenianism. Where do we go? You know, okay. So then we said, well, how about the gospel according to Jesus? What did Jesus say? Mm-hmm. Hey, that sounds good. That's even better. And I, I believe Ms. Kapow said, well, how about the gospel of God? Right, because God the Father is the one that initiated the gospel. Exactly. So the gospel of the Father, you can't go beyond or higher than than God. Exactly. And so we thought, well, that's beautiful because the gospel is all in the Old Testament. Uh, His son, he predicted his son, prophesied his son coming through the prophets and through the law of Moses for centuries before Mm -hmm. he came. Uh, and so what we want to do is take the gospel of God and bring that gospel in its simplest form to you so you understand what the gospel is, why you need it, why it's here, 
how you get it, how, how it changes your life, how you get it, and when it came here in, the, in, in our last days, in our age, when mm -hmm. Jesus Christ walked on this earth. And really, why was it so important? Yeah, why was it so important? So in order to do that, we're going to ask you to go on the time machine with us. Right, Ms. This is the time machine. <laughs> and let's go back to, to AD 30, AD 33, at the time that Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, God made flesh, walked on this earth, mm -hmm. and he was alive in a human body. Not quite as fat as this one, I'm, I'm sure. And we're going to have to go there. So we're going to take our minds out of 2020, thank mm -hmm. God, and out of our Western mindset of the Western church and all this stuff. And we are going to place ourselves as a first century Jew mm -hmm. living under the law of Moses. And here's this rabbi that comes and he has great miracle power. And many are saying, this is the one that was spoken of by Moses and the prophets. That's right. And so we as first century Jews were expecting something. We were expecting the prophet. Mm -hmm. or Elijah, the Messiah. We were expecting a Savior. And as we know that many of the, you know, the people there, the disciples stuff, they thought it was going to be a political Savior, that they were yeah. going to... be saved from the Roman Empire. Exactly. And, uh, of course, <clears throat> we can always go, how could they not see that, and blah, blah, blah. It's, it's like our biblical prophecy today. No one understands Revelation. I, I, I don't care how many... Teachers, teachers you listen to, and here's Revelation explained. No one knows what it is. Mm -hmm. No one understands it in its fullness because it, it hasn't come to its fullness yet. That's right. Even the prophets of old wanting to know who the Christ was, when he was going to come, and you know all that, but it was hidden from them because the revelation of, of the, the Christ wasn't ready yet. God had his timing for that, and that's um, how that came. You know, like with Revelation, I believe that the closer we come to the end, um, more of that truth will be revealed to to us. It's like Paul says, we see through a glass darkly. We're just like looking in a mirror that's distorted. Mm -hmm. And we can see the image, but we can't see it quite clearly. Um and as we get more and more towards the end, things make more and more sense. They mm -hmm. fall into place. It's the same thing before Messiah came. Mm -hmm. They're expecting the Savior. They're expecting the Messiah, the Christ. They don't know how that's going to be. But they thought he was going to bring the kingdom here. Yes, on, this on earth. earth. And they didn't understand the bigger spiritual things. What we have, what we have now is hindsight. And we see that. After the, the crucifixion of Christ, the, the death and burial and the resurrection, his ascension, right, sitting on the right side of Father, it's a whole different ballgame. Mm -hmm. Then we have the day, we have the Pentecost, we have the Holy Spirit given for empowerment to witness and mm -hmm. proclaim this gospel that we're talking about. You, you have the letters written by the apostles, Paul and Peter, right. and James and John, and you have the book of Revelation, and you got all this stuff. So we, we could look back and, and, and we could do our five points of Calvinism. We could do five points of Arminianism. We can, 
We could we could do our doctrines and sola scripture and we could do all that stuff. But when you're a first century Jew in AD 30, AD 33, none of that had happened yet. Mm-mm. They're still trying to determine who this person is. Yeah, and only a few were given special insight. Yeah. You know, like the gentleman in the temple and uh, God the Spirit told him that he would see the Messiah before he died. That's right. And when they brought, um, when Mary and Joseph brought the Lord Jesus into the temple, uh, the man was given knowledge that this was the, the Messiah. Yes. So he did know. He did know that. And um, even Peter's confession, you are the Messiah, the Son of God. Peter didn't know how it was all going to shake down, obviously. Because, you know, the, the very next verses, he's like, there's no way they're going to kill you. We'll kill everybody <laughs> that's going to kill I'll kill you. You know, Peter turned into um, John Wick, right? Mm-hmm. He was going to kill everybody. Because he, he, he didn't understand. He didn't see. He was looking through a glass darkly. <clears throat> Just like we don't understand all the, the book of Revelation and, and these prophetic things. Mm-hmm. You know, the beast system and stuff. We're looking. But we're it's, as it unfolds, you see clear and clear. Right. <clears throat> I believe that. Yeah. The closer we get to the end, more and more will be revealed. Yeah. So that's what we want to do. We want to do the gospel of, of God. Mm-hmm. So this is the gospel in its purest form. In its purest form you're going to get. This is all you need. <laughs> there's, there's, there was never any addition to the gospel. Paul didn't add to the gospel, folks. Mm-hmm. Paul didn't subtract. He didn't add to the gospel. Paul got he just rev- fleshed it out. <laughs> he fleshed it out exactly. He got revelation from the Spirit. He got revelation from the Old Testament scrolls and writings. He was an ex-Pharisee. He was a smart guy. The Holy Spirit revealed things to him. It was confirmed to him. It was it was um, it was affirmed through the early church, through the through the apostles that had walked with Christ, That's right. Peter, James, John. Uh, the the pillars of the early church, both visible and invisible, and all that fleshed out, like Mr. Capel said, fleshed out that gospel. But it's not a new gospel. There's nothing new. The problem is we have today is if someone tries to add to the gospel. There's no math in the gospel. Mm-hmm. Well, salvation is is clean. So the gospel of God in its purest form is is all you need. Right. Is all you need. But as you grow in the Lord, you flush these. Oh, I understand. I understand the, the doctrine of grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand that, you know, justification. These are beautiful things, beautiful doctrines to hold on to so you don't get deceived by the stupid serpent. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. So the doctrine of God in his purest sense. So come with us to 8030, 8033 in our time machine. Mm-hmm. You're going to become a first century Jew. You're going to dress funny. And um, you're going to speak funny. You're going to speak funny. And we're going to go to the Gospel of John. And he's going to introduce to you the what? The Word. Mm-hmm. It says, the, in the beginning, the Word already existed. It was eternal, right? Mm-hmm. And um, we go back to Genesis 1.1, and it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It is amazing how this parallels, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And He existed in the beginning with God. And God created everything through Him. And nothing was created except through Him. And we're, ta- you know, in Genesis, we're talking about 
the world, you know, that God had created, but he also created things that are not seen as well as things that are seen. And our uh, regeneration, our new birth, um, is God's creation as well. That's right. We're, we, begin, uh, we were created into new creatures. New and that's creations. why the Gospel of John, it, it like parallels Genesis so much, the, the physical creation, born of water, right? Mm-hmm. That spirit hovered over the water. Yeah. <laughs> and the spiritual creation, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a new creature in Christ. The word, the, the logos, the word logos in the Greek means it's translated word, but it also could mean reasoning. Um, intelligence. Intelligence. It is um, action or wisdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is what existed with the Father from time immemorial. That's right. right. Uh, you, you read all the way to verse what, four? Uh, three. Three. God created everything through him. Mm-hmm. Nothing created except through him. So here we're introducing the what of the gospel. What is the gospel or the who of the gospel, I should say. Not what the gospel, but the who of the gospel, the logos. This is our Messiah, Jesus Christ. What we have to understand in, the, in our faith in him, in the belief in him, it's not like, oh, I believe in Jesus. He was a historical figure. He walked on the earth and did great things. Your faith is not just a belief. It's faith in who he is. Mm-hmm. And, and what he can do, who he is. He is the savior of the world. He is the one that can give you eternal life and stop the judgment that is pronounced on you. That's right. So the word in verse 4 says, gave life to everything that was created. Gave life to everything that was created or that nothing was created was created except through him. That's right. And his life brought light to everyone. Mm-hmm. Both in the Old Testament when he created it in Genesis and here in the New Testament, as he's walking down the earth, and in the future, in his death, burial, resurrection. Because mm-hmm. even um, the, uh, verse 5 says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. And the scripture that I have for that is in Genesis 1-3, that says that then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, then he separated the light from the darkness... And God called the light day and the darkness night. You know, and it, um, even the, the New Testament says, you know, you can be children of darkness. Yes. Or the children of the day. Or children of the night. We're you know? called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. See, it's, it's biblical. It's a biblical gospel. It's not, we're not just taking our opinion or one aspect. It's a biblical. I mean, we're going all the way back to Genesis to the epistles. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Some translations have in, in this, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Mm-hmm. They translate it, and the darkness has not understood it. And I, I want to say that darkness indicates both spiritual ignorance and satanic opposition to the light. Those who hate the truth prefer ignorance for themselves, and they strive to keep others ignorant as well. The word translated understand or comprehend, it does, it means both understand and overcome. Thus, darkness can never overpower, never overpower the light of Christ, nor can it 
understand the way of love. Mm-hmm. It can't understand the ways of God. These things are spiritually discerned. And as you keep walking in the light, um, that's like enduring mm-hmm. the, um, the life of Christ, following after Christ. That's right. Okay, verse 6. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And I have a scripture from John 8, 12 that says, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. So are we, we're kind of getting the who here. Mm-hmm. Who the gospel is about. This is the gospel of God in its purest form. Who is the gospel about? It's about the light. It's about the logos, the word. It's about the life. Mm-hmm. Here, John, the apostle John in the gospel of John, is really putting the emphasis here on the light because he's the light of the world. So he came into the very world he created but the world didn't recognize him. Mm. So this is, put yourself, 80-30, 80-33. You're walking around, you're a first century Jew. You have no idea what's going on. You're still waiting for Messiah. And here comes God in the flesh, in the very world he created. But no one recognized him. Mm-mm. You know, what's interesting too, though, is because in the Old Testament, it says the Messiah was going to come out of um, Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. But because of the um, situation um, that um, Joseph, Mary, and the Lord Jesus had at that time, you know, they had to go to Egypt, and then from Egypt, they went back to Nazareth. Yeah. So as far as everybody else was concerned, he was a Nazarene. Yeah, he didn't quite, he didn't quite fit, he didn't fit the old prophecies. We all know the, the, the Messiah is going to get him out of Bethlehem. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I think, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I think when he selects Nathaniel, that's one of the reasons why he goes, ah, a real Jew, mm-hmm. a real Israelite. Because Nathaniel questioned it. He didn't just buy it. When his brother came and said, hey, we found the Messiah and everything. Is this, is his name is Yeshua from Nazareth. And he said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Mm-hmm. But, but yet he came anyway. That's right. And, and when Jesus said that, you know, about Nathaniel, that is actually found in the Old Testament in Psalms, I believe. You're right. You know, and so that could have been also um, something that was revealed to Nathaniel. That's true. That he's speaking of um, the Old Testament. That's true. Because Nathaniel was blown away, like, wow. How did you know that? Yeah. So we're getting a, a bigger glimpse of the who of God's gospel, okay? And then the next verse says, uh, verse 11, he came to his own people. That, that's us in the first century. We're, here we are, 80, 80, 30, you know, walking around. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. Uh, so no one recognized the Son of God, okay? Before we get too hard on these people, they, they didn't have the clear. We're looking in hindsight, 
right? Mm-hmm. Now, here is the gospel. Here, here's, I think, in my opinion, is the first time in verse 12 that we get the succinct gospel of God. Okay? Okie doke. It says, but to all who believed him and accepted him. What, what is it that they had to believe that who, he was saying? Who he was. Who he was. He was sent forth from God. He wasn't just sent from God, like God, like, like, hey, I'm going to send Miss Kapow to Wall, Wally World to buy some carrots. <laughs> but I send forth. I send forth my breath, which you don't want. But if I were, I would send forth. He's sent forth from God. He's, he's, he is God. He's of God. He's of the same nature of God. They're one. The Holy Spirit he's is one. He's the visible image of God. Yes, he's God made like a human. And we're going to get into that mm-hmm. in, so in God this teaching. Flesh. Yes, it's, it's beautiful. But to all who believed that and accepted him, for that. So it's not just, oh, I believe in Jesus, or I believe he's a good rabbi, I believe he's a good teacher, I believe he was a good man, but not God. That's not belief. That's not, this is faith, but to all who faithed in him. Because then you accepted his word. It was yeah, like, you accept that word. You have this, no proof, you just, you just, but you believe it. Yeah, this is um, the Son of God. And this is the light of the world. That's right. Everything that he said about himself and um, what the prophets wrote and in the, in the law of Moses, this is who he is. And the witness of John the Baptist, who was like the first prophet in 400 years to hit Israel. That's right. And he's declaring, this is the Lamb of God. Mm-hmm. And he's attested by the miracles. Those who believed him and accepted him he gave the right, that word is authority. That's right. To become children of God. Yep. And there's your first purest gospel right there. Did you notice it doesn't say anything but faith, believe him and accept him? Just believe and accept. And now you, those people, now we living in AD 30 have the authority to become children of God, to become adopted in God's family, Father's family, Yahweh's family. This is huge. This is why it's called good news. This is the gospel according to God. It is good, good, good news. Why? Because at the fall of the garden, we were all justed, all, all destined for God's wrath. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no way out of it. But God made a way out of it. God the Father made a way son. out of it by sending forth his son. Mm-hmm. You see, in Romans, Paul writes about none. Well, in fact, he, I think he's quoting Psalms. None are, are, are righteous. Not one. Not one. We're all filthy. We're just filthy rags. Human nature sucks, man. Yeah. You know no that. one is looking for God. No. Mm-mm. You don't do that. And that's God- why, I, you know, that's, that's another reason why when the Bible says, um, I love God because he first loved me. Everything mm-hmm. was initiated by God himself. Yes. 
it's it's all God. It's not, it's not our merits. It's nothing we do, and that's the that's the beauty of it. But now we're getting ahead of ourselves, and now we're talking doctrine. So we're going to stick with the gospel of God. Okay. And they are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. And Galatians 4, 28, 29 says, And you, dear brothers and sisters, are children of the promise, just like Isaac, but you are now being persecuted by those who want to keep the law, just as Ishmael, the child born by human effort, persecuted Isaac, the child born by the power of the Spirit. Yeah. You see, they are reborn, not with a physical birth, right, resulting from two humans in their passion or planning to make kids, but a birth that comes from God. This is a spiritual birth. It's a regeneration, right? It's a regeneration. This is the good news. What we find out later, what we find out later is after his death and ascension and resurrection, you know, resurrection stuff, we found out later on the day of Pentecost that the Spirit of God the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, actually indwells the faither. That's right. Ooh. And that's a whole nother world. It's not another gospel. It's an unveiling. Mm -hmm. Wow. So the Word became human. Hmm. He became flesh. And he made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. And that really means a unique one. There is no one like him. No one like him. You want to take uh, verse 15? and Sure. On? John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, this is the one I was talking about when I said someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. From his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one mm -hmm. who is himself God is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. So in other words, if you, when you see Jesus, you know, the works that he did, um, the, the, the love, the mercy, the compassion, uh, the joy, uh, the love for his Father, and uh, the love to do his, the Father's will, mm -hmm. is when you see the Lord Jesus, you are seeing the Father. Yes. Yes, because absolutely. One. Really good, uh, really good point there. You've seen the Son, you've seen the Father. Mm -hmm. So this is the testimony of John the Baptist, and you got to remember, John the Baptist is the first prophet Israel has seen in four hundred years. That's right. Between the Bab Babylonian exile and this this time, mm -hmm. so it was a huge thing. John was was the voice sent out preparing the way, preparing the path for Messiah. He was attesting to him. Mm -hmm. And John was baptizing a baptismal of repentance. The right. It was a ritualistic washing with water. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's, it's what the Jews did. They did ritualistic washing. The priest had to wash. The people had to wash 
you know, for sins and for re- repentance. That's what he was doing. And he was drawing the people and the crowd, and he had his own disciples, and because he was teaching them, preparing the way for this Messiah, who he calls the Lamb of God. Mm-hmm. And um, so when Jesus, when Jesus comes, Jesus never baptizes anybody in water. His disciples do. Mm-hmm. His disciples do, because remember where you're at. You're an 80-30. You're a first century Jew. They're baptizing in water for repentance. But what I want to show you as we get on to this text, Jesus clearly baptizes in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. When, when you get baptized in Christ, you're, you don't emerge in water. You're immersed in him. Mm-hmm. You're baptized in Christ. Baptism, water baptism, is an ordinance of the visible church. Nothing wrong with it. I'm baptized. Mm-hmm. Linda's baptized. Yeah. It's 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 showing, it's symbolically saying I'm going underwater and dying in the flesh to myself and raising up in Christ. That's right. But let me make it perfectly clear. Water baptism is not connected to salvation. No. This is the pure gospel of God. It's not Roman Catholicism or any other, you know, doctrine on baptism. You do not need water immersion to be saved. Mm-mm. You you want to do that? You want to symbolically do that? It's like taking the Lord's Supper. You want you want to participate in the table of the Lord, but it has nothing to do with your salvation. Mm-mm. Okay, so I want to make that perfectly clear. Jesus baptizes in the Holy Ghost. That's why you become a new person. That's right. You You're, become regenerated. Exactly. You're born of water. When a woman's water breaks, baby comes, right? Mm-hmm. All babies are in, what's it called, ambionic fluid? Mm-hmm. It's water. You're born of the earth, water-born. Then you're born of the spirit when Christ comes into you when, you, when you receive Christ and understand who he is and accept that and believe in that. That's right. Well, I, you know what I just did? I just preached the gospel. You did, Jerry. That's the gospel, folks. Okay, so... Verse 19. Go ahead. This was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders sent priests and temple assistants from Jerusalem to ask John, who are you? He came right out and said, I am not the Messiah. Well, then, who are you? They asked. Are you Elijah? Because remember, in the Old Testament, that's who um, was supposed to come before the Messiah. The Messiah. And then later on, when the disciples asked about that, he says, yeah, John... He did come. No, he replied. Are you the prophet we are expecting? And that's the prophet that goes back to the Old Testament Exodus with um, Moses when um, he said that God would bring um, a prophet bigger or better than Moses. Yeah. Right? And Mm -hmm. he says no. Absolutely. Then who are you? We need an answer for those who sent us. What do you have to say about yourself? (laughs) And John replied in the words of the prophet Isaiah, I am a voice shouting in the wilderness, clear the way for the Lord's coming. That's Isaiah 40, verse 3. Then the Pharisees who had been sent asked him, If you aren't the Messiah or Elijah or the prophet, what right do you have to baptize? And John told them, I baptize with water, but right here in the crowd is someone you do not recognize. And though his ministry follows mine, 
I'm not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandal. And this encounter took place in Bethany, an area east of the Jordan River where John was baptizing. And we have to lay down that foundation and read all that so you understand what is going on in the Gospel of John while we talk about the Gospel of God. Mm-hmm. So in verse 29, here is another clear example of the Gospel of God. Mm-hmm. Let's delve into this. The yeah. next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look! The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one I was talking about when I said, A man is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. And in 1 Timothy, it says, All honor and glory to God forever and ever. He is the eternal King, the unseen one who never dies. He alone is God. Amen. Yes. And by John declaring, here's John the Baptist declares, here's Jesus coming towards him and says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. There's the gospel. This is what it is. We were introduced to who? Who? The light, Mm -hmm. right, of the world, the logos, the life, the who. Now, this is the what, The Lamb of God. It's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the... What is he here for? To take away the sin of the world. world. That's the gospel. And that harkens all the way back to Exodus in the Passover. The Passover lamb. Yes. Yes. That's why this is the gospel of Father. It doesn't Mm -hmm. start with Paul. Doesn't start with Romans. Doesn't start with Galatians. It goes biblically. That's why we can't do the gospel of Kapow, because it's the gospel of God. That's right. John's declaring Jesus as the Lamb of God recalls Isaiah's servant of God, who dies for his transgressions of his people. Isaiah 53, 4 through 12, you know, yet it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins, He was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be made whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own, right? Mm -hmm. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. It goes on and on. That's the gospel of God. Christ is the true Passover lamb. That's right. He offers himself for our deliverance from darkness and death, right? First mm-hmm. Peter 1.18 says, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. You know this! <laughs> and it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. Mm-hmm. Now listen to this, verse 20. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began, but now in these last days he has been revealed for your sake. See, they didn't didn't see it before. Now they're seeing it. Mm -hmm. They're witnessing it before their very eyes. So uh, verse 31 says, I did not recognize him as the Messiah, but I have been baptizing with water so that he might be revealed to Israel. Mm. Then John justified, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting upon him. You know, that reminds me of the story about the ark, you know, as the water was going down and um, Noah 
um, let the, the dove out. Good catch. Yeah, that's a good... But the dove came back. And so, you know, that I know that has some kind of connection with this scripture. That's a good catch. Yeah, I didn't... Uh, I never thought of that. So but that's true. I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting upon him. Mm. I didn't know he was the one, which is interesting because John the Baptist was actually the Lord Jesus's cousin. I know. But yet he did not know uh-uh. who this person was. But you don't you don't know anything about the childhood if they ever saw each other. I mean, we, right. we have no record of that. You know? So yeah, it is. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I didn't know he was the one. But when God sent me to baptize with water, He told me the one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. You get it. And the scripture I have here is Matthew 3. Then Jesus went into Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John, but John talked to him out of it. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you, so why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. And after his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending Mm. like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Yes. So you see why Jesus was baptized. Put yourself in AD 30. You know, it's so all things are fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Jesus, now this is clear when I talked about baptism early, water baptism, the one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who, ba- who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Jesus never baptized in water. His disciples did in the first century. But after Jesus' death and ascension on the right hand of Father, we are baptized with the Holy Spirit. When, you're, when you read in the, in the New Testament, they uh, Paul might say something like, they were washed, um, you know, they, they were washed of their unrighteousness and, you know, whatever. He's not talking about water. He's talking about the baptism in Christ, mm-hmm. the submission to Christ, the dying of yourself and coming up a new creature in Christ. All mm-hmm. right? Verse 34 says, I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testify that he is the chosen one of God. Isn't that beautiful? Mm-hmm. So now... We're moving on where the first disciples are being picked. Mm-hmm. So The following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, Look, there is the Lamb of God. And it goes back to Genesis 22 where it says, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son Abraham replied, We have the fire and the wood, mm. the boy said. But where is the sheep for the burnt offering? And God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son, Abraham answered. And they both walked on together. Wow. Did the Lord give you that connection? Mm-hmm. That's good. I would have never seen that connection. I've never seen that connection anywhere. Huh. That's a great connection. Well, praise the Lord. Well, look at you go. <laughs> <laughs> when John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want? He asked them. What do you want? They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying, and they remained with him the rest of the day. You know, and that you could see Jesus being very hospitable. Yeah. And um, 
Yeah, that's part of the gospel, too. I think we could probably skip the rest of this, right, and go to the the uh, chapter 2. I have something here. Oh, in, I'm sorry. Um, go ahead, then. I think. Let me Look see. at me getting all excited. Yes, I do. Okay. So, um, and Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard that John said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to his brother, Simon, and told him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus, looking intently at Simon. And Jesus said, your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. And the next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, Come, follow me. And Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Now Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, We have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. And the scripture I have for that is... Um, Luke 16, 16, where it says, Until John the Baptist, the law of Moses, and the messages of the prophets were your guides, but now the good news of the kingdom of God is preached, and everyone is eager to get in. Wow. Yeah. So we have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about, and it's um, found in uh, Luke 16, 16, that... uh, until John the Baptist, the law of Moses and the messages of the prophets were our guides. Yes. But now it's Jesus. Yep. Moses, the law, and the prophets mm-hmm. wrote about him. So, so I'm saying, you know, you put, we've got to put ourselves as a first century Jew or AD 30. Forget everything we know in hindsight right now. All we know is that Moses, the greatest thing that ever walked on earth to us to this point, through the law and through the prophets that God spoke through, wrote about him and prophesied his coming. This is the guy. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Now it says, Nazareth, um, exclaimed Nathaniel. <laughs> Can anything good come from Nazareth? <laughs> what? Come and see for yourself, Philip replied. And they re- approached Jesus, said, Now here's a genuine son of Israel, a man a complete of integrity. And this is found in... In uh, the Old Testament, and I believe it's in Psalms. Wow! But it is um, it is some um, something from the Old something Testament. Something in there. How do you know about me, Nathaniel asked? And Jesus replied, "I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you." Wow! Then Nathaniel exclaimed, "Rabbi, you are the Son of God, the King of Israel!" And Jesus asked him, "Do you believe this just because I told you I said seen you under the fig tree?" You will see greater things than this. Then he said, I tell you the truth. You will all see heaven open and the angels of God going up and down on the Son of Man and one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. And the scriptures I have for that is in Genesis 28. Oh, yeah. It says, At sundown, he arrived at a good place to set up camp and stop there for the night. Jacob found a stone to rest his head against and lay down to sleep. And as he slept, he dreamed of a stairway that reached from the earth up to heaven. And he saw the angels of God going up and down the stairway. At the top of the stairway stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham and the God of your father Isaac. The ground you are lying on belongs to you. I am giving it to you and your descendants. And 1 Timothy 2 says, For there is one God and one mediator... Who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. And he gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. 
Wow. So Jesus is this ladder that yep. unites earth to heaven. And the mediator. And the mediator. He's the son of man, yes. And God the yes. Father. Yes, it's what Job was looking for. If I only mm-hmm. had a redeemer. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, this is like huge stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Really, really huge. Okay, so we're going to go to chapter 2, and we're going to go verses 19 and 22. We're going to skip the wedding feast, go to 1922, and go find the next gospel Okay. Okay, 19. All yeah. right, Jesus replied, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Okay, so the reason why he's saying that is because the Jewish leaders are demanding he do a, a, a miraculous sign, mm-hmm. right? Because he just got done, you know, overturning the money changers. And they're going, hey, what gives you the authority? Show us a sign. And he says, yeah, destroy the temple in three days, I will raise it up. And they mocked him and said, well, it took 46 years to build this temple, and you're going to build it in... Three days. <laughs> yeah. So here's the gospel message. Here's the how. Okay. We went to the who. We introduced the who. You got the what it is. What's it supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Salvation. Now, here's the how. But when Jesus said this temple, he meant his own body. That's right. Verse 22. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered what he had said, and they believed both the scriptures and what Jesus had said. Mm-hmm. That's now, the how. And after he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered he had said this, and they believed both the scriptures and what Jesus had said. And the scriptures I have for that is Psalm 16, where it says, I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and mm. I rejoice. My body rests in safety, for you will not leave my soul among the dead. Or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. Wow, beautiful. Now we're going to go to chapter 3. And uh, this chapter 3 is full of the gospel of God. And so you're going to get all of it here. Verses 1 through 21. Okay, Ms. Kapow, you're up. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Okay, that's the how, right? That's part of the how. How do we obtain this? You have to be born again or born of the Spirit, born from above. Yeah, because that's what born again means, born from heaven. Born from heaven. You, you're already born on this earth. You're already born. Your, your mother already broke water. Mm-hmm. The, am, the ambiotic fluid already broke. You're born of water. This now you need to be born of the Spirit. That's right. Okay. So what do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and of the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants just as you can hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going. So you cannot explain how people are born of the Spirit. 
How are these things possible? Nicodemus asked. And Jesus replied, You are a respected Jewish teacher, and yet you don't understand these things? I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. Okay. Stop stop right right there. What I want to really point out here is I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of the Spirit. And Jesus says, humans can reproduce only human lives, right? After your own kind. But the Holy Spirit produces spiritual life. Okay? So what he says, don't be surprised when I say you have to be regenerated. Again, um, this is not being born of being born of water and the Spirit is not salvation through baptism and the Holy Spirit. The Catholics believe that. They believe that this particular scripture, verse 5, says you can't enter the kingdom of God without being born of water, and they believe it's a direct reference to Christian baptism and the gift of the Holy Spirit given at chrismation. Let me tell you, uh, wrong. That's addition. That's called doing math to the gospel. Mm -hmm. There's nowhere in here Jesus is saying you have to have water baptism to be saved. Is that clear? Clear. Perfectly clear, people. Mm-hmm. Jesus says, no one can enter the kingdom without being born of water. You're humanly birthed. Your mother broke water. And the spirit, Jesus Christ breaks spirit. All right? Okay. So I just want to make that perfectly clear. Okay. Verse 14, and Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness. So the son of man must be lifted up. And this is in Isaiah 45, which oh, says, yeah. Look unto me, and ye, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is none else. I have sworn by myself, the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness, and shall not return, that unto every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear. Romans 14, 11 says, For the scriptures say, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me, and every tongue will declare allegiance to God. And the last one I have is Isaiah 26, 19, where it says, But those who die in the Lord will live. Their Mm. bodies will rise again. Those who sleep in the earth will rise up and sing for joy. Doesn't that sound a lot like what uh, Paul was talking about in Thessalonians? Yeah, that's true. Um, Those who sleep in the earth will rise up and sing for joy, for your life-giving light will fall like dew on your people in the place of the dead. Yes. Um, Yeah, so we won't get crazy with it, but as Moses lifted up the the serpent, the bronze serpent snake, uh, real quick, that story is found in Numbers 21, 4 through 9. The children of Israel were acting up and complaining and murmuring and, you know, acting goofy. And God sent uh, fiery serpents on them to bite them. And they bit them and they got poisoned and it was a bad deal. So then they repented and were sorry, Lord, for being rebellious and not trusting in you and listening to you. And Moses fashioned a nakash, a a bronze serpent, put on a pole and said, if you look at it, uh, you will be healed of the snake bite. 
So what Christ is referring to is just like a serpent was used, the image of a serpent was used to heal the image of man, the son of man will be risen up and we will look up and be healed mm-hmm. of spiritual healing, right? Mm-hmm. The son of man will be lifted up. Yeah. And to me, you know, it also seems like the snake representing the sin, our sin that was put upon the Lord Jesus as he was uh, crucified. That's a good point, too. It really is. Yeah, that serpent seed, that serpent lie mm-hmm. uh, placed on that that cross, nailed to that cross, mm-hmm. defeated. That's our sin. Yeah. So that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. Okay, here's the gospel message, Ms. Capal, in verse 15, right? Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, or everyone who believes will have eternal life in him. Okay? So it's not just I believe in Jesus, but I believe in who he is. Mm-hmm. Who he is, the who, the what of the gospel. Here's, here's the how. Mm-hmm. So that everyone who believes in him will live forever and have eternal life. You won't be slotted for judgment in God's wrath. Yeah. Um, so, so you you do you have you have you've, who the who the gospel is, what it's about, how it works, and wh- when it when it all became enacted. When right here in eighty thirties, walking is God made flesh. It's all be it's all enacted here. We have it all. This is the simple form of the gospel. There's nothing added to it, nothing taken away. What does it take to get eternal life, Miss Capal? According to verse fifteen, to believe. In Jesus. That's what it takes. Is there anything added in there? Nope. Do Just we have to believe to, him and who he is? Do we have to pay tithes? Uh, nope. Do we have to attend a visible church? Mm, nope. Do we have to be baptized in water? Nope. Do we have to take of the sacraments? Mm-mm. Do we have to wear white robes? Nope. Do I have to sing like an angel? Nope. Verse Although 15, <laughs> so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. Folks, it's the, it's the pure gospel of God. Satan wants to add. Satan is a mathematician. Mm-hmm. No adding. No. No bueno. Stop already. Stop adding. Yeah. And you'll see this in the uh, other epistles. Yeah. That the, um, the apostles were always fighting um, the, uh, the Jews yeah. that wanted, um, that said that, yeah, you can... Believe in Christ, but you also have to be circumcised, or you always have to, or you have to follow uh, the law of Moses. You yeah. know, they were just um, constantly adding to um, the salvation, the, the simple salvation of believing in mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. The washing, the observing of days, of months, the washing of cups. The, don't touch all this. The don't law. touch that. Yeah, don't touch this. Don't touch that. Ooh, you bad. You bad. You. It's not that. That's what's so hard for humans to get through our thick skulls. It's all God. It's all God. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here, here's the coup de gras. Here's the punch that will make you um, spiritually look like my face looks like right now. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. See that? See, God is the one that initiated the salvation by sending his son. 
This is how who? God loved the world. This is how God agopied the world. How did, how did he, how he got God? He gave his only son. Why, why would he do that, Ms. Kapow? Because he loved the world and he knew that um, his wrath was coming and he wanted to save the world from his wrath. So he sent his son Jesus into the world to take upon our sin and become the uh, the Lamb of God who mm-hmm. takes away the sin of the world. Beautiful. And it's a free gift that everyone who believes in him, who faces in him, who not, understands who he is and says, I accept that, I want that salvation, will not perish. They'll have every, e- everlasting life, eternal life. Come on. How simple can that be? Mm-hmm. In verse 17, it says... God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. That's when he walked in the flesh in AD 30. He wasn't mm-hmm. here to judge the world. He was here to save them by, by being crucified and buried and resurrected and ascended. Yep. Now, when he comes free. back, that's another story, folks. Yeah. He's coming back in wrath on those who rejected him. Right? Right. Verse, Verse. 18. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light, which is Jesus, came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. Mm. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. Wow. There, I mean, it's, that's the whole gospel message. Mm-hmm. What's God's judgment based on? Why is God going to have wrath on, on the humans? Because God's light mm-hmm. came into the world. But people love darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. Do you know this is past tense? This is 8030, and the Apostle John is writing in past tense the words of Christ. The the light has already come into the world back then through the law of Moses, through Mm -hmm. the prophets. But people love darkness, and their actions are evil. And all who do evil hate the light. They refuse to go near it. They don't want their sins exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light. Others can see what they are doing, what God wants them to do. Okay? Yep, your testimony. Work at what God is doing. All right, so, um, and I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. Um, Right? No, no, we still got more verses. Okay, verse 31, huh? Uh, Or for 31 through 36, at least. Okay, let's see here. 30. He must become great. This is John the Baptist talking um, about the Lord Jesus. And he said, he must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. He has come from above and is greater than anyone else. We are of the earth and we speak earthly things, but he has come from heaven and is greater than anyone else. And the scripture I have for that is 1 Corinthians 2, which says, Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man Mm. receives not the things of the Spirit of God, Mm. for they are foolishness unto him, and neither can he know them, 
because they are spiritually discerned. See, so you need the rebirth in yeah. order to hear and understand um, the Word of God. You have to be born of the Spirit. Yeah. Go figure. So then it says, he testifies about what he has seen and heard and how few believe what he tells them. Mm. Anyone who accepts his testimony can affirm that God is true, for he is sent by God. He speaks God's words, for God gives him the spirit without limit. The father loves his son and has put everything into his hands. And anyone who believes in God's son has eternal life. That's the gospel. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyone who doesn't obey the Son will never experience eternal life, but remains under God's angry judgment. And why do they remain under God's angry judgment? Well, we just explained that up in here, right? Mm-hmm. And the, Why? Because the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came in the world, but people love darkness. That's why. Mm-hmm. So John the Baptist, who was the first prophet that Israel had seen in 400 years, testifies, attests to who Christ is and says, anyone who uh, who believes in God's Son has eternal life. Mm-hmm. Even John the Baptist doesn't add anything to it. And he's baptizing people in water. You'd think if anybody would say, anyone who believes in God's Son and is baptized will have eternal life, right? Mm-hmm. He right. doesn't even say it. There's no other ordinances. It's the pure, simple of, of gospel of God, folks. Don't let Satan deceive you. Don't let man deceive you. This is the words of God. Trace your lineage right back to biblical principles, and you'll be fine. Okay? Anyone who doesn't obey the Son, right? You're, anyone who doesn't, who's in rebellion, rejects the things of God. They don't want, they want to be of the world. They love evil. They love darkness. They'll never experience the eternal life. They'll remain under God's angry judgment. They will get wrath on his second coming. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. And so that's the good news that we are told to proclaim. That's right. And there's a reason why we're told to proclaim that because it's fantastic news for those who will accept it and uh, believe it. Mm-hmm. Correct? Correct the mundo. I think that's it. I think we did pretty that well. That was uh, chapters one through three. Yeah. Uh, that's about an hour-long show. We're about an hour long and two minutes. And um, that that wasn't too bad. That was a lot of material to cover. Yeah. And God willing, we can go to chapter four next week. Yeah, we'll do. We'll try to do four and five at least. Maybe four, five, and six if we're fortunate. And we're going to continue. six is good, though. Yeah. We're going to continue like just trying to laser focus on the gospel of God in this book called uh, the gospel of John. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're going to try to laser focus and, and not do the other stories. And we're not going to talk about healings and, and baptisms and, and, and all this. We're not going to talk about this. So we're just going to talk. We're going to just find out and try to find every time that gospel pops up. And we're going to go look at the who, the what, the why, the how, the how, and and where, where it'll happen. We've already answered all those questions in this session, but we're going to continue answering them. So by the time you get done listening to all this stuff, right now you should be really equipped to to give a, an answer 
to somebody who says, well, what exactly is the gospel? What do I need to do to get saved? You should be able to give that clear, precise gospel of God to them. Mm-hmm. All right? All right. Uh, okay, so once again about baptism in verse chapter 4, verse 2, you can look it up yourself. It says, though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. Mm-hmm. All right, so I don't know why I'm harping on it. I think... Uh, there must be somebody that reason. needs to hear. There's a it reason they need to do there's that. There's a lot of confusion there about is. that, you know. Um, you know, especially with the Baptists themselves. Yeah. You know, they add that. Yeah. To and the gospel. Yeah, you can't. You can't do that. It's a great church ordinance, like the Lord's Supper, all that stuff. It's great. I would highly recommend it if you can. Um, it, it's a great symbolic thing to do, but it has. It will not give you eternal life. But let me. Uh, you, there's a. When Jesus was crucified with mm. the two thieves, and the one thief said to him, "Remember me in your kingdom," mm. well, he wasn't baptized in water. No, and he was saved yeah. because he believed he in who Jesus Christ was. He believed according to the gospel of God. He was hanging on the cross. He looked and he said, "This is the Son of God." Mm-hmm. This is that Messiah. This is that Savior that Moses and the law and the prophets talked about. And I believe that. Yep. And that's all it took. And that's all it took. <clears throat> he was forgiven of his sins because Christ paid that price. Yep. He paid his debt for him. He says, today you're going to be with me in paradise. Amen. They Praise didn't have God. to go down and get baptized into Jordan. He didn't have to join the synagogue. He didn't have to pay tithes of mint and cumin. He didn't have to kill, but he didn't have to get circumcised or whatever. I mean, all that. It, it's the plain, simple gospel of God. But he, but this is a good example. It's a perfect of how example. simple the gospel really is. It's a perfect example of that. Perfect example of that. Um, God really, really made it simple, and it's up uh, to us to understand that and to convey that good news as uh, is, is, is best as we can to other people who say, "Really." I was so confused all these years. I thought it was a big religion. It's not religion. It's belief. It's faith. Ah. Okay? Exactly. Okay, Miss Powell. Ciao, babies. Good night.